0: Good morning and welcome to the podcast in regards to looking at feedback for unit three outcome to B, um, This outcome had to do with movement skills and energy for physical activity in regards to the two testing things that we did in regards to the multi-stage fitness test, which we know is the beep test, as well as our phosphate recovery test uh, that we did in class as well. The total number of marks that could be achieved throughout this SAC is a total of 25, and we had three questions. Um, However, they were made up of multiple sections. As you guys would uh, be aware, um, with our two classes, Nobody received 100% in regards to this SAC. However, we did have a couple of students that managed to get uh, 96%, which was 24 out of 25. So, congratulations to those students. And overall, with our class averages, as I know this is something you like to be informed of, is 12.01 PE. Uh, averaged a 17 out of 25 which is 68 percent and our 1202 PE um, averaged 18 out of 25 which is a 72 percent so once again only one mark within the two classes and that is a fantastic average for us to have um, for our spread and obviously for me to be able to get our rankings as well that have been sent through to VCAR so what we need to do is we need to start off uh let's go through question number one question number one has three parts to it so an a b and c and all of these questions refer to the phosphate recovery test with graph one and graph two being provided um, to you to undertake this task so Question 1A, Uh, question 1A is worth six marks in total and it is the phosphate recovery test aims um, to test your capacity of an anaerobic sorry, of the anaerobic energy systems. Refer to graph two and use data to assist you to describe the interplay of the energy systems during each sprint. Ensure you refer to data provided to justify your response. So the question states here that we are referring to graph two, so therefore that is the only graph that you need to refer to for this particular question. It is also stating there that we need to describe the interplay for each sprint. It doesn't say anything about the test as a whole. It doesn't say anything in regards to the uh, 23 seconds of rest. It is purely looking at the interplay of each of the energy systems during the sprint, and you must refer to the data. So if we have a look on graph two, Graph 2 uh, represents a PC system, anaerobic glycolysis system, stored ATP, and the aerobic system. It gives you the contribution um, in which that will happen for each one of the sprints. So the PC system contributes a total of 54%. The anaerobic uh, glycolysis system contributes 29%. Stored ATP represents um, a contribution of 15%. And our aerobic system represents two percent of contribution throughout our sprint. So in order to achieve full marks for this question you needed to make sure that you included um, all of the data that was in there for you to assist with justifying your response. So if we're going through this question being an interplay, obviously it's looking at um, marking the whole question all together and um, not just you know each little section as a mark, so it's marked holistically. However, we do understand the structure for an interplay question can assist us with achieving our maximal marks. So here we were looking at all three energy systems contribute towards ATP resynthesis for the phosphate recovery test, however, um, One will be more dominant than others, and that's got to do with our intensity and our duration of how we're going at that particular time. If we go into looking at the first sprint that we have, um, that we do as we have eight sprints in total, that first sprint that we're actually going to be doing, we are going to be predominantly, or our main contributor of ATP resynthesis will be our ATP PC system. This here is when we will find that we are using our 15% of our stored ATP And we're also gonna be using some of the percentage in regards to our PC system for that first sprint. The reason for this is because it is at maximal intensity and very short in duration of the seven seconds. From the sprint, two three four and up to five even some of you could have had up to six and that was acceptable this is where the contribution of the atp pc system will be dominant due to its maximal intensity its short duration and that is representative of the 54 percent of pc contribution used in graph two in regards to our final sprints when we talk about sprint six seven and eight this here is when we will find the anaerobic glycolysis system will become the main contributor of atp resynthesis the reason for this is obviously we're still trying to maintain a really high intensity um, so therefore that would be known as fast or high intensity Um, however we need to be aware but it does get produced at a slower rate compared to the ATPPC system, so we're not able to um, obviously maintain as high an in- intensity as we go through. In regards to the aerobic energy system, um, we can see that from the graph, it's only represented by a 2% contribution. So obviously the aerobic energy system will contribute um, throughout the entire time. Um, And however, we will see a slight increase um, when it comes to the last sprint or the second last sprint. And that is, as I said, represented in graph number two as being 2% of the contribution. The overall dominant energy system of this particular uh, phosphate recovery test is once again the ATP-PC system that is represented in the graph with the 54% of PC uh, that is used. Now, some common things that were uh, made errors of in regards to this question was some students referred to graph one instead of graph two. So please make sure that we are highlighting or underlining in the question what graph we need to use. There were some students that didn't use any data at all. So if you're not going to use any data, there's no way you'll be able to get six out of six for this particular question there was also some students that went and discussed it about the 23 seconds of the recovery. And they said that that was the 2% contribution throughout the test. Um, remembering that the question is specific to each sprint, the table or the graph is representative to that as well. So it's only 2% that is being used throughout the sprint and not during the rest phase as that question doesn't refer to it. You needed to be specific as well in regards to uh, what sprints um, were happening. You couldn't just say the first sprint and then the rest of the sprints. So please make sure we are being very specific. Um, as much as we can with how the sprints work in regards to the interplay. If you're one or one sprint different to what I had or Vika have in their paper, that is still accepted. Um, however, you needed to make sure you had some numerical um, information down there. Okay, let's move on to question 1B. So question 1b, we can see here that it says using data from graph 1, demonstrate your understanding of energy systems to explain why during the phosphate recovery test, both students' performance tend to decline over the course of the repetitions that are performed. Now this question here, it's worth three marks in total. We are referring to graph number one for this one this time, not graph two. So here we need to be having a look at, of course, both student A and student B, as it's asking us for both students' performance, how they tend to decline. Um, And you could even use simple data in regards to student A, obviously within their first sprint, they managed to hit level seven in comparison to their final sprint, where they managed to only get to cone number five, whereas our student B managed to get to the seventh cone on their first attempt and the second cone on their eighth attempt and their final sprint. So you had to have um, that data linking in, of course, with your answer in order to achieve full marks. So some things we're looking for here is that the performance decreases due to PC um, stores that have been depleted. That's, of course, using the dominance of the ATP PC system within the first one to maybe about five sprints. Um, That obviously occurs at maximal. Um, However, that can't be maintained due to the depletion. Therefore, this results in the anaerobic glycolysis system becoming the main contributor of ATP resynthesis in the last, you know, six, seven, eighth sprint that's there. Uh, This system, however, has a slower rate of ATP resynthesis in comparison to the ATP PC system, and as a result, a reduction or a reduce of the intensity will occur and the athlete will not be able to um, achieve um, what they had earlier on when they had those PC stores available to them. So a big thing here, you needed to make sure that you linked in the evidence for student A and B in the graph. You needed to talk about PC depletion. You needed to talk about how the anaerobic glycolysis system became dominant. And because of this, we obviously have a slower rate of ATP. Some people had mentioned in here that um, there was an increased contribution of the anaerobic glycolysis system. Yes, it does increase, but it increases to the point in which it becomes dominant. So um, it's not just increasing its contribution, it is becoming dominant. And these are some key terms that we need to make sure we differentiate between, as that could be the difference between a couple of marks um, in the end of your exam and, of course, in your SAC papers as we go through. Now, question number three that we have here, oh, sorry, question number 1C, there are many acute responses of the body, Um, uh, sorry, start again, there are many acute responses the body will have when participating in the phosphate recovery test. Identify and explain two muscular responses you experience when participating in this test. Here, this is worth four marks so you needed to identify and explain two muscular responses so you needed to identify one and explain it and then identify another one and explain it however here we need to make sure that we are looking at muscular responses a couple of students did cardiovascular responses instead of muscular so therefore you won't be able to achieve full marks for that um and you also need to be aware that no arrows are allowed to be used. And I can say that all of us use the words either increased or decreased, which is fantastic to explain things. Um, However, there were some people that maybe just said intramuscular blood flow and they didn't say whether it did increase or decrease. Um, So please make sure you are putting that in there in order to achieve um, what results and demonstrate your understanding at a greater level. So the different types of muscular responses that you could have had for this response was increased muscle temperature, increased production of lactate and accumulation of um, byproducts. We could have had increased AVO2 difference, increased muscle enzyme activity, increased motor unit and muscle fiber recruitment, increased intramuscular blood flow. And we also could have had decreased muscle substrate levels that are in there. Answers that were not accepted was an increase in VO2 max. VO2 max is a combination of cardiovascular, respiratory, and muscular. It is not just muscular, so therefore that would be deemed to be incorrect. And some students wrote uh, redistribution of blood flow. Redistribution of blood flow has got to do with the cardiovascular system and how it is transported around the body and away from um, certain organs in order to get more blood flow to the muscles whereas um, increased intramuscular blood flow has got to do with the blood flow um, around the capillaries um, to allow for greater diffusion um, at the actual muscle site um, going into there to explain it, increased muscle temperature. Obviously, we know that heat is a byproduct um, of energy production. So this, therefore, will see an increase in the number of chemical reactions that happen within the muscle, which therefore create greater heat. For our increased production and in lactate, um, accumulation of byproducts, obviously, physical activity intensity being at a really high standard and in intensity, Um and using the anaerobic um, systems, we'll see the hydrogen ions and lactate can come in, especially at the end. Um, in regards to increased ABO2 difference, your muscles are going to be taking in more oxygen than what they would be at rest, so therefore, you'll find a greater difference um, between the oxygen levels in your uh, veins, it will be returning to your body. Increased muscle um, enzyme activity, Um, here we'll see an increase during exercise because obviously we have increased amounts of ATP to the muscles and the enzymes that are involved here will see um, greater chemical processes that will happen um, through the energy systems. The increased motor unit and muscle fibre recruitment was one of the most popular responses amongst the two classes. Obviously, here, when we are able to um, recruit much more motor units, the greater um, contraction that can happen, therefore, the greater force is actually produced in the muscle. Um, increased muscular blood flow, I've mentioned that. And another one that was very popular was the decreased muscle substrate levels. Obviously, uh, we use fuel to, for muscular contraction. So, therefore, people mentioned about the um uh stored ATP as well as PC system. Oh, sorry, the ATP PC system with the PC depleted from your muscles during that time. People answered this if you did put a muscular response, generally speaking, you may have achieved four out of four for that question. Now, question number two. Uh, that we are going to be looking at, once again has three different elements to that. Um, So question number two always refers to the multi-stage fitness test, which is of course the beep test that we did here at school. You can see that there are two students results as well. We have student A is an 18 year old student and student B is 20 years of age student a you can have a look at their heart rate data from obviously beginning and they made it up to level 10 whereas we can see student b they only made it up to level number eight um, in regards to the beep test but both still absolutely fantastic results so let's look at question 2a this one here is worth three marks So student A, we're looking at specifically here, um, is able to reach level 10.2 when running the multi-stage fitness test. Explain how their stroke volume and cardiac output would respond um, to this increase in exercise and refer to the relationship between them and heart rate. So number one thing, make sure you're referring to student A. We're looking here with the fact that both stroke volume and cardiac output will increase during exercise from rest to obviously exercise levels um, in regards to that we need to be aware however that stroke volume will plateau at about 40 to 60 percent of our max heart rate so here we're talking about sub-maximal levels um, and be aware too that cardiac output is actually a product of stroke volume times by your heart rate so therefore if your heart rate will increase as we can see it does for student a therefore your cardiac output will also increase no matter if that be at submaximal or maximal levels that is there so if one increases cardiac output will definitely increase this was done generally quite well some students did miss out on one mark however in regards to the stroke volume and not explaining how that can plateau Um, but apart from that this question was answered quite well Now, question 2B, this was my um, separator question uh, that I did put in there and it got most of you as well. So let's look at 2B. It says, identify the level of the test where lactate inflection point would have occurred for student B. Now, student B, we can have a look at the graph that is there for you. And we can see, okay, well, this graph only gives us the level and it gives us their heart rate in regards to beats per minute. There's nothing on that graph that gives us anything to do with the amount of lactate that is within their blood. So what's another way or what is an estimated equation that we can pull from just looking at someone's heart rate? when we are looking at lip, we need to be aware that lip is approximately 85% of somebody's maximum heart rate. So if we have a look at student B, student B, we notice that the student is 20 years of age. Now, 20 years of age, we don't have any 20-year-old students. So maybe Miss V will put this one in there deliberately. Okay. So if we do 220 minus 20, we end up with 200 as being their... Um, predicted maximum heart rate. And then we just need to work out 85% of that. If we work out 85% of 200 beats per minute, we will actually have a result of 170 beats per minute. And then we can have a look in the table that is given to us for the results for student B and 170 beats per minute is actually level six on our multi-stage fitness test. So here, if you had have put level six, you received that particular mark. For 2C, here we're looking at explain what is occurring physiologically when a student exercises at intensities above their lip, and how can this actually impact on performance? So when someone's performing above their lip, you'll find that the blood lactate uh, concentration increases exponentially. The rapid onset of fatigue is due to the contribution of the anaerobic pathways in order to meet the ATP demands. And due to this, it impacts on on performance by declining in intensity and not being able to maintain this, so therefore the student must either slow down or cease running altogether. So you needed to mention obviously about the blood lactate, um, obviously exceeding and not being able to be removed at the same rate. You had to talk about the rapid onset of fatigue due to the fact of the anaerobic pathways that were being used for ATP. And more importantly, you needed to answer the second part of the question, which was how this can impact on performance, which is not being able to maintain the intensity and actually stating that this will cause um, the student to slow down or to stop running. The final question that we have here, um, we've got three A and three B. And this one was awesome because we got to get have a look at some data that Miss Pumphrey provided to us in regards to her completing the multi-stage fitness test. So if we have a look at the graph that's being provided here that will be able to help us um, answer. A, which is identify the type of recovery Miss Pumphrey performed in the graph above. Worth one mark, it's just an identify. What we needed to state here is obviously understanding that the multi-stage fitness test, what is it? It's definitely an aerobic um, test. We're doing our aerobic energy system. What is the recovery that is required for aerobic system? It is an active recovery, um, which can also be seen in regards to the length um, of her EP. That you can see on that graph. So 3A is active recovery. For 3B, we have explained the changes in oxygen uptake from resting levels to some maximal exercise and in recovery. How has this impact? Sorry, how um, this has an impact on on uh, Miss Pumphrey's ATP production. So we need to explain that. So at rest, we can see, of course, that the body is easily able to take on the oxygen that is required. However, as she starts to exercise, obviously the demand of oxygen will also increase. However, the body is unable to meet this demand so this is when we'll find that Miss Pumphrey will be in oxygen deficit and whenever you're in oxygen deficit we are predominantly using our anaerobic um, energy systems or pathways in order to achieve this Then if we hit um, when we're going at submaximal exercise, this here we'll probably find that we'll be going in a steady state where the oxygen supply is equal to the oxygen demand for ATP. And here we would be using our aerobic energy system as the dominant system. Then when we're talking about the completion or in the recovery of um, this particular graph, here we're looking, of course, at uh, Ms. Pumphrey's epoch in regards to the excess oxygen um, that is taken in and is able to be um, returned, so therefore she can go back to her resting levels um, quicker and obviously this is a part of the recovery process for her. So the main thing we're looking in here is for you to identify, of course, oxygen deficit. Um, You needed to um, talk about steady state as well as EPOC and then linking oxygen deficit to being anaerobic and of course, steady state and even EPOC um, to be aerobic in order to achieve the four marks that are set out there for you. That brings us to the completion of going through the answers for um, Outcome 2B for Unit 3 for our SAC at Nossal High School. Um, If you guys have any additional questions, I highly recommend that you pass me a message um, through Teams so therefore we can sit down and go through it in greater detail together before your next upcoming SAC. But apart from that, that is all from me. Um, Happy studying. And I will do another podcast for your following uh, SAC paper as well. Hope you have a lovely week. Thanks, guys. Bye.